Welcome to How I Grew My Practice, the podcast where health professionals share the behind the scenes stories of how they built a thriving practice. Each episode will uncover surprising challenges, victories, and life lessons learned throughout their journeys. Let's get started. Welcome to How I Grew My Practice, a podcast presented by Next Health. I'm your host, Alec. In this episode, we have Dr. Len Tao. Dr. Len Tao is the author of two books, Raving Patients and 100 Tips to 100 Five-Star Reviews in 100 Days. He has retired from clinical dentistry after more than 20 years, now focusing all of his attention on helping practices increase their revenue. He leads the dental division over at BirdEye. You can find him lecturing nationally on his own podcast, on social media, uh, talking all things reputation marketing. And he is here with us today talking about his journey and becoming known as the reviews doctor. Dr. Len Tao, thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast, jumping on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So obviously you're a very well-known name in the dental industry, um, but for those who are listening and may not know a little bit about you, I would love just to hear a little bit about uh, how you kind of got into the industry, how you became known as the review doctor and what you're up to now. So I'm a dentist, as you had eloquently stated in my little intro, I practiced for 23 years in Philadelphia, Uh, started my own uh, practice 15 years prior um, and knew or understood the value of marketing to my practice and started learning to do it myself. Uh, created my own review software called iSocial Reviews, which turned into BirdEye a year and a half later. So I've been with BirdEye for about nine years now um, and just became an authority in the review space. You know, people reach out to me every day uh, with questions regarding, you know, issues on how to answer a bad review. How do you get more go- uh, good reviews? And it's you know, something I've kind of branded myself. And, you know, um, it's a niche market. Not a lot of people know about what I know about. And, you know, I speak all over the country, like you said, uh, teaching what I know and what I believe in and what I know helps practices make more money. Um, and that's kind of how I got into the space and how I got into lecturing. And obviously things have, have done a whole 180 um, or 360 in this case. Um, I never thought 10 years ago that I would be out of dentistry, you know, 10 years later. So, um, but you know, we, we, um, sold the practice in, in 2020, moved to Florida. I worked for the new, uh, associate or my new owner who was my associate, uh, for uh, about a little over a year and uh, basically decided in December that I was done. So I've been done uh, seven months now. I haven't really missed it at all, which is really interesting to me. Uh, but now I'm fully on the, the consulting slash uh, marketing side of the business now. Well, congratulations. Um, and it's really exciting to hear that you're now really focused on something that, I mean, obviously you love dentistry, but now really loving the consulting and marketing side. Um, it's interesting of all the things, obviously you're an expert on many things when it comes to running and growing a practice, but the thing that you became known for specifically is reviews. What is it about reviews that you're so passionate about? Um, and what's the opportunity you think for lots of practices who are missing out on having great reviews at their practice? So I realized very early in my career um, through discussions with patients, and this is when reviews were not what they are now. Um, that they were making decisions based on what others were saying. So you had, you know, word of mouth. You had now word of mouth online. You had insurance books to go into. Patients were relying on these decisions based on what they were reading, what others, what others they may not even know were saying. And, and something kind of triggered me in my brain that said, 
you know, this is a great way to differentiate yourself. And not only does it differentiate you when you have so many more reviews than a competitor down the street, but it also makes everything that you do in the practice, such as your marketing, work significantly better. Um, the return on investment is much higher versus someone who's not generating reviews and most likely not marketing versus someone who is not generating reviews and someone is, is actually trying to market. This, there's a significant difference in the results you get. And, and I lived it personally. And, you know, that's what I kind of teach practices to do is stop your marketing spend until you have a steady flow of reviews because you're wasting your money. So once I realized that or recognized that as a as a big deal, I figured I needed to figure out a way to, to help make it easy for practices to do that. And that's exactly what I did. You know, uh, as, as a marketer at a software company, it's one thing for us to say the importance of your reviews coming from a dentist who increased and improved his reviews at his own practices is a totally different thing. Can you share a little bit about the impact that you saw at, uh, of reviews at your own practice let alone all the practices that you're helping get more reviews. Yeah. So I um, originally, when I first bought the practice, I was using a product called Demand Force. And Demand Force, uh, which still exists now, they had a relationship with Google where their reviews were actually going into the Google review number. So, you know, you had practices who were using Demand Force that had huge numbers of reviews and they were getting a lot of business because of it. Well, one day Google said, we're not going to count your reviews anymore. And literally overnight, these page, these practices went to zero. Now I still had, I knew the power of reviews. So I had gotten 15, 20, 30 of my own. So I didn't have the dramatic impact of some of these other practices had. I mean, you had practices with thousands that went to zero overnight. And, you know, I, I knew that it was going to affect these practices. And I knew that my practice was going to stay afloat and patients were would still come in because of what other people are saying about my practice. That's kind of the, the first inkling I got that this was a huge thing. And I feel like even since you started, it's only getting more and more, right? As more of the economy goes online to be making decisions. Um, I think it's what now, I think it was 80% of folks look at reviews before. Yeah, actually it's 98% search for a business online, 98% at least look at the reviews online, at least occasionally. So, I mean, this is big business. There's a, and if you guys want to check the stats out, it's a, it's a survey done by bright local. It's the um, local consumer review survey and all the data is in there to support everything I've been talking about. And I go over these stats within my seminars, you know, they want reviews within ideally in the last two weeks. So you need fresh current reviews. They want um, healthcare or medical, which we or dental, which we fall under. It's like fifty percent of people think that uh, practices that get reviews are more relevant. I mean, all the data supports exactly what I talk about. Yeah, it's big business. So, hundred percent too. Um, obviously, big, and it almost feels intuitive. It feels obvious, um, but so many practices are missing out on the opportunity of reviews and. I don't think it's a huge mystery why. I think it's a lack of process, and I also think there's some awkwardness in asking consumers for reviews. Um, so certainly you have a ton of expertise here in, in handling that, but you know, what's the right way to ask and capture a review? So I think it's a, the people or the practices that are not focused on this are missing the ball. They don't understand the true effect of it. So one, it can turn people away if you don't have enough reviews. If you have bad reviews, it certainly will turn them away. Um, it may make them look at one of your competitors. But um, I think one of the biggest struggles practices has is figuring out how to do it and if they want to do it on their own, um, which they can try. 
I mean, look, the asking for a review is the cheapest and it's the easiest way to do it. The problem is patients don't respond to that. It's, it's a very difficult process. There's a lot of steps involved. It, it's got to be a little easier on the patient for them to do it. So typically, if you ask 100 patients, 5% will respond. So you got five people doing it. I think after a couple hundred, you're going to get so frustrated with no results that you'll stop doing it. Okay. Um, I like to, and I've, I brought this to the market. I like asking for feedback about the patient experience. I think asking for feedback opens the door to so much more than asking someone for a review. When a practice or someone at the front asks, you know, can you give us a Google review? It almost sounds like they're begging for it to some extent. And I like it when it, when you ask for feedback, it changes the entire conversation with the patient. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're, when you're, figuring out how you want to go about getting these reviews. But that's the first step in the process is, is asking the proper way. And also I would say is creating a reputation culture in the office where they know that everything that they're doing is being observed by the patient. And at the end of the day, they're going to get a report card based on how they did. And if you have this reputation culture where you, you always put the customer experience first, you should end up getting positive reviews online, which will help you make more money. Yeah. I love the subtlety of, positioning it as feedback and really just being a curious person. How, how can I improve if it happens that it was positive and turning that into a, a moment where a patient would share a positive statement online? I think I think that is a really subtle, great takeaway for a lot of folks listening in. Um, so certainly there's written reviews. There's reviews that go on Google. There's reviews that go on Yelp. Um, there's lots of platforms for reviews, and I'm sure it's changed over the last decade. But what are the places in which reviews matter most? And this is really more speaking towards the positive reviews, because certainly negative reviews, the best place is for your team, right? It's for, it's for your team to kind of do a stand up and ask the questions. How can we improve? What processes can we change? What technology should we change? So negative, I think, hopefully the goal is to keep it internally. But where should positive reviews be going in 2023? Look, I think it's by far and away, Google is the beast. You have to have Google reviews no matter where you are in the United States. Um, people, that's what they do. They Google's a verb. They Google you. They Google dentist in my town, okay? So you have to have them on Google. By far is number one, it's not even close, okay? Um, depending on geographically where the practice is located, I will tell you that Yelp is important for specific areas of the country such as California, Miami, New York, Chicago, um, those bigger cities. Um, I was in Philadelphia and Yelp didn't matter at all. Okay. I didn't have a, I didn't look good on Yelp. I could care less about Yelp, but in those specific cities, Yelp is important. Okay. And then to a lesser expense, Facebook and, uh, look, the only time they go on Facebook is if they know who you are and they look for you. So it's just another form of social proof. But the biggest advantage of Facebook is that those, that Facebook page ranks on a Google search. So when someone's searching for you, they'll see your Facebook page and they'll see how many reviews you have. That's the really the only reason why you need to have some reviews going to Facebook, but it, but they don't, it's really just recommendations they're called. They're not even reviews. They change their whole policies around that. But Google by far and away is where you need to put them. Yeah. So kind of going into the next point, there's reviews for the purpose of search optimization, right? SEO and being findable on, to your point, the very verb Google. Then there's also using reviews as social proof. In, Correct. In, in today, like in today's kind of world where people are looking for products and that product even being dentistry, they certainly are going to platforms like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, let alone eventually your own website 
but lots of these platforms are driven by video content. So what's your position on, obviously there's, there's getting written testimonials from patients, but then there's trying to capture them on video, which is even more awkward than just asking for a written statement. So kind of what's your approach there? So I call them and I coined this term video trustimonials, not testimonials, but trustimonials because they, they create trust with patients to a, an extent that you can't imagine. But it is awkward. Some patients don't feel comfortable in front of a camera. They, they need to do 10 different takes to get it done properly. Um, but video testimonials, especially on your website, have a really powerful um, response versus going on YouTube. I don't think people go on YouTube to look at video testimonials, in my opinion, okay? Now, we are a very visual society. There's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's all these different things that are out there now that are visual oriented. But I think putting them on your website that are true words coming from your patients has a, another dramatic impact, but just getting them is more difficult. Yeah, I, I think it kind of goes twofold. I was speaking with a doctor about this the other week, um, but it feels like one, patient fear is a factor that goes into their lack of video reviews. And then there's also their own fear of, will the content look good? And how do you capture it? And do I need to hire a videographer? Do I need to do, you know, kind of have all the bells and whistles? Um, and the recommendation we had is, you know, it really takes perhaps a $30 microphone, uh, $30 microphone lavalier that you can connect into an iPhone that then goes onto an iPhone stand. And that's really the whole recipe, maybe a light. But again, you're talking about maybe under $100 of equipment uh, to bang out a really quality piece of content that you could be using across all of your different social platform or social accounts, your website. And that stuff lives forever. The, to your point, the amount of impact, the amount of dollars that each of those reviews are making may not be directly correlated to that specific review, but it is one of those things that if you do an aggregate, it really will uh, embellish your brand in a way that, you know, I don't, I don't even think a written review would do. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree that it's not expensive to do. You do not want to make these like fully produced video testimonials. You can literally take out your iPhone, have a microphone and a light and, a, and a, something to prevent shaking and you end up with a great uh, video testimonial. I, I think the limitation are is one doesn't go to Google and I know Google is, is playing with the idea of bringing video testimonials. They already have allow photos in the reviews and for a time being there, I was able to drop a video in there. Now they can't do that anymore. So if Google ever allows video testimonials into the Google review system, I think they're even more powerful. But again, your, your barrier there is just having a patient who's not really comfortable in front of the camera and that you'll, you'll find them. They don't want to really, you know, they don't want to do it. And that's a limitation. You know, everybody's writing, writing them down. But I do think Google reviews, or excuse me, uh, video reviews are a really strong future-proof um, future way of ensuring that your content lives really long online. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's tough. I'd ask the question, I guess I'll ask the question, you know, how you're a front office, uh, you know, front off a front staff member, you're a dentist, you're a hygienist. How do you identify somebody from your perspective of who would be a good candidate for a video, uh, testimonial versus, versus written versus somebody who you think just would not be open to either. I definitely think it's personality. I think the person has to be, you know, outgoing, um, they have to be someone they have a really good relationship with, you know, and the example would be, Hey, you know, uh, I know you've been a long time patient of ours. You, you love our practice. Um, you really have a great personality. We would love to get some feedback about your experiences on camera, um, and do a little video recording. Is that something you'd be comfortable with and let them decide if it's comfortable or not? I mean, it's, it's really, that's what it 
outgoing is really important. I mean, there's some people who have no interest in, in they're, they're hiding their face. They're like this, you know, that's something that I, I would steer away from, but if they are definitely a, an outgoing personality, that's where I would start first. Yeah. I think two characteristics you brought up that I think are great are certainly personality, uh, tenure of patient, how long they've been with you. Um, I think top of mind, the only thing that I really would consider is the type of treatment perhaps they just had, maybe they'd be more excited about a veneer than a cleaning. Um, yeah, procedure too. If they're really happy and exhibit the happiness, Invisalign veneers, anything that really makes a change to their appearance significantly, that would be another opportunity to do it as well. Yeah, I feel like they'd be more proud of, uh, you know, showing off that smile. Um, I guess going into the topic of, you know, let's say they, that patient gives that yes, right? We were speaking to a, a patient that, um, you know, just had a veneer, Invisalign. What makes a good, what makes a good review? So you're talking about video or, or written or both? Let's start with written and then we'll do video. So written review, really, I like reviews that talk about an experience, you know, tell their story, just getting a five-star review with nothing written doesn't help you at all. And it does, it's almost a waste. So there has to be some story there, something compelling for the patient that wants to read. It doesn't have to be really long and the long ones are not going to read the whole thing. So reviews that yay big, I think are not really great. Um, but they should describe maybe an individual they worked with in the office that had a really good, you know, good experience with, whether it's the hygienist, a team member. So always mentioning names in the review as well. And then on top of it, getting a photo in the review. So I mentioned that Google now allows photos in the reviews. And what we're finding is that when someone puts a photo in there, it actually makes the review more relevant. And that review is going to be ranking higher when you look at, when you click on the Google reviews, relevancy is number one, then there's lowest and highest. So they'll always see the most relevant reviews first. And when you put a photo in there, it automatically becomes more relevant because of that. Yeah, I love that. And I really, the, the small, just sharing those details, I think prompting uh, a patient to say, hey, who was the individual who helped you today? And you know, why were they great? Um, maybe not leading them with higher grade, but certainly asking who that individual who helped you and you know, any feedback you wanna share, I think positions them to leave a comment with more believable detail. And I think to your point, this is all about uh, trust, right? Um, so now transitioning from written to video, what makes a great video? Um, so, so again, I think it needs to be short, 30 seconds to 60 seconds max, too long, too short, not gonna help you. I think they have to state their name, um, you know, name of the practice. I think they have to talk about the experience they had. They have to smile, they have to show off their teeth. Um, and they have to have a great personality, which is why I would not do someone who is, you know, monotone. They have to, they have to be excited about doing this for you because if they're not excited, the people who are listening to it or viewing it won't be excited either. Yeah. I, you know, I, we're doing this podcast. I'm like, but I, should I be leaving a, a review for my, for my very dentist? Hey, if, if, if you got an ability to capture that and you're comfortable asking and the patients will do it, video reviews are really powerful. I'm working on it. You know, I'm getting in front of the camera here. So maybe the, the next step will me, for me will be to go to Grant Street Dental uh, down the street and say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to leave you a review. <laughs> um, Dr. Lentau, uh, we're at the 19 minute mark. I uh, want to ask just what's, what's a one last piece of advice or you know, a one last statement that you'd like to leave our audience with on the topic of, of reviews? They are a huge opportunity to take your practice to the next level look at it as an ex a way to grow your practice not as a hindrance you know don't worry about the bad review um, bad reviews actually make the good reviews look real 
You're not going to hurt your practice. If you're getting too many negative reviews, just in general, or feedback, as we call it, um, you got to change your systems in the office. Um, you got to fix what you're doing wrong. You know, if, if the reviews say every time I come there, we're running late or the doctor's running late, you're running late. You have to use that as constructive criticism and use it to make a better practice. They, they should be a tool, not a hindrance. And I want to state that more. I can't be more, um, you know, a, a cure or sure about that comment because there's so many practices who don't use it as a way to grow. And this is one of the cheapest, most effective ways that you can grow your practice and attract more new patients to it as well. So look to get reviews from your patients, not shy away from them. Can I ask you one last question and I'll maybe tinker with it? Sure. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, what, can you talk about the importance of software in collecting reviews? Certainly it's awkward to ask face-to-face and face-to-face may not always be the right place to ask. So how do you think about uh, introducing software to help you increase both the quantity and uh, the quality and quantity of reviews? Great question. Obviously, I run the dental division for BirdEye. We are a software company that helps businesses get online reviews, not just dentists. Um, I think it's an absolute important to add a, a tool like BirdEye. There are others like us, but it makes the process of asking so much easier. We automate the process through the practice management software. We make it very easy for the patients to do the review. Um, we The link that we have is unique. It's unique to that person. It does not get flagged by Google. And we also auto log the patient in. So it makes the review process really easy. We find that, you know, solutions that just send a link are not going to be as powerful as what BirdEye does. But I absolutely think it's of of utmost importance for practices to use a a software like ours because you can only expect your team to do so much. And when I had my own platform uh, called iSocial Reviews back in 2013, it was a manual system. It wasn't automated. And what we would see is we would see these, when they first got it, it would be go way up. They would get a ton of reviews. A couple months later, they would completely drop to zero. They would get me on the call with them and I would get them motivated again. It would go back up again. Two months later, it would go like this. We don't see that anymore. We see this straight up, you know, it's nice, consistent. That's really important because consistent reviews within Google are one of the biggest ranking factors as well. So if you stop getting reviews, you're probably going to tank in the rankings. I know it may be obvious, but I just want to hear it from you. Why were you seeing kind of the spikes and valleys? Because you're you're involving human beings in the office and they have other things they have to do other than focus on reviews. So, you know, anytime you get a new software, you're going to see a big spike and then it's going to drop back down again if it requires too much manual entry and someone sending them their own link or someone, you know, triggering a link on their own. If it's not automated, you're certainly going to see a decrease in the results. And that's really the importance of automation in this process. Correct. hundred percent. So Dr. Santa, that's a great last piece of, uh, of information for the, the, the audience here. Um, just want to say thank you again for jumping on. It was such a pleasure to learn from you and speak with you about the topic of reviews. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.